Hello and welcome to episode 37 of North Point Plus. I can turn it on. Just that was fun. That was fun. I'm going into host mode and then boom, new Mark arrived instantly. That was incredible. Yeah, no one will get to see that before. Mark was a little tired. Oh, man. We're recording on a Monday. It was a long weekend. Busy Sunday, busy Saturday. Yeah. But you got to turn it on for host mode. It was like watching Eeyore <laughs> turn into Tigger and like all of a sudden saying, let's go. Boom. That Hello, was amazing. Welcome to episode 37. Wow. That was good. That's what you got to do. <laughs> it's for the people. <laughs> oh, man. This is our follow-up podcast. Uh, we get together every Sunday. We gather together. We do worship. We dive into God's Word. And this podcast is an opportunity to keep doing more of that, to keep talking, to keep worshiping, and to keep diving into God's Word. Jake, hey. you spoke yesterday. This yeah. comes out on Tuesday, but we're recording on Monday. You spoke yesterday um, talking about stories. Yeah. Give me like a 30-second recap for those that might need to have a little refresher on what you talked about yesterday. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time talking um, about Jesus healing the blind man Mm -hmm. and how kind of crazy that was to begin with, but really how the whole point of that was more about um, when the blind man was being interrogated and when his parents were being interrogated, like, hey, who who healed you? How did this Mm -hmm. happen? Uh, Because Jesus went like incognito there it was like hiding right which is hilarious to me that he was like boom you're healed i'm out and then like let all the chaos ensue like i love that power you think he move. was like close by like just watching oh you know he knows what's going <laughs> on right the jews like freak out yeah run from place to place trying Absolutely. to figure out Absolutely. there's got to be ruckus like they're all like eating lunch and people are probably talking about this around right. and he's like oh that's crazy uh, it could be right? anyone so good um, anyway, so like they're interrogated who did this, and the parents were like, oh, we know he was blind before, and we know that he can see now, but oh. And they asked the blind man, and he's like, Jesus. The answer is <laughs> Jesus. The whole reason I'm here is Jesus. Yeah. Like, have you guys, you know this guy? Like, what's up? Why are you mad about him? He's a fantastic. You want to be his disciples too? Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> the level of like snark that he got like was so good. And then immediately, like what we didn't get into yesterday, um, like the next few verses or he just goes to Jesus mm-hmm. and like meets Jesus and like yeah. they talk and he's like, well, cool. I want to follow you now. Yeah. And like, that's what happens immediately after, which is just incredible. Yeah. So we just talked about the power of, of what story really holds and how for this guy, like, man, he didn't, uh, he was blind before we just talked about this earlier. So like he literally didn't know what Jesus looked like even, mm. or, or like have any of this connection to right. him. He didn't ask to be healed, but Jesus changed his life. Um, and that was his story. So he didn't know all the facts. He didn't know everything to be able to be there. Now, I would imagine as you follow Jesus, grow closer to Jesus, like he learned. He learned, right? right? He became a follower. But in the immediate part, like what it all started with was just his his Jesus story. And that's what yeah. he got to share before anything else. And that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I like how we were, when we were reading through the verses, I like that you, you paused and pointed out one thing. And we'll dive into more of this later with another passage of just like the humor that exists in scripture oh, <laughs> where this guy so is good. just like so sassy yes. in his responses. Do you want to be Jesus' disciples too? It seems like it with how much you're asking about him. Yes. It's just so cool because we tend to just read through scripture as like very solemn and very holy and very to the point and very matter of fact. And the, this man responded in this way. And it's just like this is a real guy. Did you just get British right there? I did. <laughs> Okay. British or snobs, everyone knows that. If you're British, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. <laughs> That's why America left. <laughs> That's why America left. Take that, King George. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Hamilton. I know what they're like. <laughs> um, yeah, and this guy is just like 
gets so fed up with questions yeah. and being badgered and i'm sure his parents like I mean, he's feeling the pressure from everybody because his parents are kind of like i don't know we'll throw him under the bus we don't want to get we don't want to get excommunicated and thrown out from yeah. the church or thrown out from community so we'll let our son get thrown out yeah <laughs> that's a whole weird family dynamic well, i think if you're this guy too like you've been ignored your whole life mm. Like, at some yeah. point in time, you are now begging over there because you have parents, but you're not really connected with them anymore. Like, right. you're doing your thing over here, asking for uh, some assistance, some help. And mm. like we do in our country, like you just learn to walk on by kind of thing. And I'm sure that's right. what's happened for so long. And now they're like, <laughs> you're the life of the party. Right. And they want to talk to you about it. And he's just like, dude, come on. You walk by me a thousand times there, Pharisee. Yeah. And now you want to care because you want to use me like, come on, man. Yeah. Love it. I love the snark and the sarcasm in that guy. That's just, it's such a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. And connecting that to, to the impact that this one guy's story has and the impact that our story can have. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get into questions for this week, we actually had a follow-up question from last week, which (laughs) has very little to do with you. you I'm anxious to hear your answer then, Mark. Here we go. Last week, but we're going to dive into it anyway, because we want to answer every question that we can, or at least attempt to. Um, So last week, for those that, again, need to be brought up to speed, Rick talked about this concept of the person of peace, that when it comes to the invitation of Jesus, um, that Jesus gave this instruction to his disciples before he sent them out, that you're supposed to look for a person of peace, that you travel from city to city, from home to home, and if your peace is received there, then continue in peace. If not, move on to someone else. And we talked about this concept of, you know, that's not, it's not saying that if there's any conflict in your friendships that you're like, <laughs> deuces, yeah, I'm right. not, you're not a person of peace. Um, and it's not this concept of, we tend to to like the checkbox mentality of, well, I tried and they weren't a person of peace, so I'm moving on. That's not what Jesus is talking about. What he's talking about is, you know, just basically like anyone you bump into on the street nowadays is typically probably a person of peace. Like if you're, I think the example Rick used was like if you're walking your dog and you walk past the same person every time, like you probably strike up some sort of conversation. And yeah. that's a person of peace, that they're receptive to at least talking to you. That's a person of peace. Um and so that was the basis of Rick's message. And then we got a follow-up question that seems like there are some differing instructions from Jesus later in his ministry. So Yo. Jesus instructs the disciples, and then later in Luke 22, um, I'm actually going to read it because it's worth it's worth diving into. I love that you've got a computer in front of you and you're still grabbing your phone. Shh, you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I have my notes here, and I got my Bible here. I'm just going to say a good podcasting would have already had the verses up and ready to go to do this kind of stuff. That just shows we have room for improvement, (laughs) and that's okay. (laughs) So someone submitted a question, uh, a follow-up that says, Jesus, it seems like Jesus changed the mission instructions in Luke 22, 35 through 38. How should that modify our current assignment? So we had the person of peace earlier, and then uh, this is Luke 22. 35. And Jesus said to them, when I sent you out before with no money bag, no knapsack and no sandals, did you lack anything? The disciples answered, nothing. He said to them, but now let the one who has a money bag take it. Likewise, take your knapsack and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors for what is written about me has its fulfillment. And the disciples said, look, Lord, there are two swords. (laughs) And he said to them, it is enough. (laughs) So 
what are we getting here? Does it are we getting two conflicting things? Are we supposed to do away with the person of peace concept? Is Jesus radically changing the instructions that come to the disciples? We talked about this a little before, but what's happening here in this picture with Jesus? Well, Jesus is obviously pro sword. That's what we've learned here. He's very pro sword. He would have a bumper <laughs> sticker on his pickup truck. He would have his swords <laughs> mounted mounted to the back of the the, the window. <laughs> Oh, big old get her done sticker on there, man. Yeah, that's what we know. That's, that's what we know. That's what we know. I, I just, I, I don't want to go past this as we just talked about snark, yes. and all of that and humor in the Bible. That Jesus is like, he's not being literal here, right? Like, but he's obviously like giving an analogy or he's trying to evoke. He's trying to paint a picture, and he's like, sell your cloak and like get a sword, guys. Like, here we go. And the disciples are like, hey. I've got swords right here. And Jesus' immediate response is like, oh my gosh, here we go, guys. Seriously? This is enough. Seriously, this is enough. (laughs) Cut it out, kids. Cut it out. Yeah, it's important to look at that because we can, again, if we're reading that in the normal way that people typically read scripture. literal look at. You can look at that and you can look at that as an affirmation from Jesus where they say, look, here's two swords. And Jesus says, well, that's enough. You've got two. That's good. Good job. You found two swords. That's enough. And really, when you dive into what's actually being said here, you can, and again, you can look through resources. If you've got uh, study Bibles or commentary Bibles or anything like that, you can dive into it. Um, But really, what Jesus is talking about is there's differing opinions. That's fine. We can have differing opinions. One of the major opinions is that Jesus is not being literal. He's talking, when he's talking about a sword, he's talking about some spiritual weapon because they're not going to fight against flesh and blood. They're going to fight against right. spiritual forces, which we know from other scripture. And so the disciples, <laughs> completely missing it, are like, look, Lord, we found two. <laughs> and the picture that we get of Jesus in that moment is not like, good job. It's uh, enough of this. <laughs> enough of this is probably a better translation of those yeah. words. <laughs> and so, I love that he's like, sell that and get a sword. And they're like, oh, I got two. We don't even need to sell our cloaks. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> right here. <laughs> so good. Because the whole point of that, like, if, if as I'm reading it and what I know about it, like, it's preparedness. Like, hey, get ready. Right. Beforehand, like, things were going to be, you could go out, we're going to prepare. But what we're about to do, like, just get ready for this. Right. Like, engage your mind, engage your spirit. Right. Like, don't expect it to be easy before. Right. You had nothing, and I provided, and it was easy. It was good, right? And they're like, yeah. And right. he's like, well, guess what? Right. It's not always going to be that way, which I think is kind of takeaway from that. Right. Yeah, I but. think the, the clear takeaway is things are changing, which I think you see throughout, yeah. like, the book of Acts is, you know, at, in Jesus' ministry, there was certainly a massive amount of unrest and... uh animated conversations yeah. <laughs> as Rick likes to call it yeah with between him and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all that um, but by and large for the people there was a great reception to Jesus and that changes <laughs> in Acts that yeah. there is still a great reception of the gospel but there's also massive amounts of persecution and pushback and so there's this preparedness that has to happen mm-hmm. and so Jesus is not saying that if you get pushback you bring out your sword. <laughs> He's saying, if you get pushback, you bring out the sword of the spirit, like yeah. the truth of the gospel, the truth of who God is. That's the sword that you fight with. And the disciples <laughs> immediately are like, we got, we were, well, Jesus, we got this. We got two swords. Can, can I say that still happens today, though? 100%. Like when 100%. we are pushing on stuff and we're trying to further the gospel, whether it be uh, churches or just Christ followers in general, like we are prepared 
we're trying to prepare ourselves for it. But reality is, whereas Jesus is saying, like, get ready because it's going to be tough. So, like, dig in, be ready to go, expect it to be hard. Right. But it's like so many times in the American church, like, there's pushback against the gospel. And we're like, whoa, what is going on? And we're ready to break out the sword, right? Right. We're ready to just say, nope, it's wrong. We're going to cut them up. And it's vicious and it's that. And it's like we see so many times, especially in politics, that like the treating from Christians and the treating from non-Christians is the same. And that Mm. just shouldn't be like we should be be different. How we hold the sword and what sword we're holding should be different. Right. And it's just not too often. And, you know, (laughs) hopefully we can change that. So hopefully that brings some clarity. Again, there's there's mixed opinions on exactly what the application of the verse looks like. So dive into those resources, yeah. dive into commentaries, dive into study Bibles and things like that. Make a um, comment and tell us how we're wrong. We're cool with that. We love we're that. Cool yeah. With that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably just submit a comment. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong, Mark. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> Mark Adkins does not believe that we're accurate here. <laughs> Uh, that guy's so smart. Because you have dogs bark, Adkins. <laughs> I do. Like I did there. I like okay, that. there you go. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All right, let's get to some questions for this week. So this is an interesting one. So you were in the uh, in John nine. Yes, that's where we read about the the story of the blind man being healed um, and the the turmoil that comes from that. Mm-hmm. And one of the verses that comes later in that, I think it's in verse 30, 31, something like that. One of the verses. So this is a question that comes in. One of the verses you read said that God does not listen to sinners. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because we know that he hears our prayers, right? And so what, what's what's happening here? Where this? So uh, you provide the context because you you know I was you say. Do you sermon. want to break your phone out and read the verses? Uh, I'm never going to the end of it. You know. All right. Uh, <laughs> Are yeah. you more prepared? Do you have the passage? <laughs> I would just say I would use my iPad. It's right here. Fine. But I've also hidden his word in my heart. So oh, oh you're so spiritual. Ah, look at that Jesus you're juke. So there spiritual, you go. man. Um, it's contagious. <laughs> So here's the context that's there. They are questioning the man who was formerly blind. Um, And they're saying, hey, we know Jesus is a sinner. So, like, tell the truth. How did this happen? And the guy responds, like, I don't, whether he was a sinner or not, I don't know. Mm. But what I recognize is that I was blind and now I see. And then later on, they're pushing him a little bit more. And he talks about and he says, hey, uh, you know, you guys are all against Jesus and you're upset about it. But, like, you know, if we recognize that God doesn't listen, to sinners, but he listened to Jesus and allowed me to be healed. So therefore, Jesus can't be a sinner. He's got to be connected with God. That's kind of the context that he's trying to bridging there, if you know the culture yeah. and, and kind of read between the lines of what they're trying to say. Uh, what is really interesting is I don't think the context actually has to push with prayer mm. because Jesus didn't actually pray over the guy in this moment. Yeah. Prayer is actually not really mentioned there. Um, they do talk about, does the guy listen to? And I think that's kind of where we're alluding to that. I think what a better context of actually what they're saying is, hey, um, the listen to would rather be, uh, we think Jesus is getting his power from God. God would not bless and give gotcha. him the ability to do this if he were a sinner. So it's not really prayer. It's just the, kind of the healing power that would be a part of it. Sure. Small distinction there. Yep. Um, but I say that just because I don't think we can build a theology about prayer on this context. Right. Completely. I think there can allude to a few things. Yep. Um, it could maybe be used to reinforce, but I wouldn't like pull this out and say, here is all of it that's there. Um, it's f- so all that to say... Um, there is where the Bible talks about prayer, mm-hmm. um, whether and if you have that relationship with God or not. Um, and the reality is, does God hear everything that is ever spoken or thought? Yes, He yep. is. He is sovereign. He has that that power and ability, and and He knows all that's going on. He's omniscient. Um, he's omnipresent. He's He's all of that. So, yep. God is fully aware. Now, 
being adopted into the family of God. So we recognize, hey, Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. I'm repentant of my sin, um, and I'm trusting in his work and his death on the cross and his resurrection. And so now I've been adopted into the family of God. Yeah. We have access to God that the rest of the world does not have mm. in that moment. Yeah. Um, so while God may hear somebody who is not adopted into the family, and they may pray and say, hey, God, I want I want healing here. Or I want help in my finances, or they're just praying about an injustice in the world, but they have not recognized Jesus to be Lord and Savior of their life. God still hears that because he hears all, right? Mm-hmm. And he's aware of that that. Um, but I would say it's probably received differently mm-hmm. than if those of us that have been adopted into God's family. In, in a similar way, when my daughters were to come to me and say, hey, dad, I can I have this lollipop? You know, like, well, here's what I know. They're part of my family. I know their diet. I know what we've had all day. I know if their mom's paying attention or not, right? So like <laughs> whether or not they get that lollipop. Now, if some random kid comes up to me that's not a part of my family and says, hey, Jake, can I have this lollipop? Um, I'm I'm going to be stranger danger, number one. Right. Like, hey, hold on there, little Timmy. We got problems. Yeah. Where is your mother, right? Yeah. Why, so are there, why, me why are you asking me for this? Like, we're not family. And yeah. and that's a that's a dumb analogy, but there is some connections into that. That, right. Man, if, you, if you're not adopted into the family of God, you just don't have the same access or or ear, I would say, right. to God. Now, God may still answer prayers, right? Like the thief right. on the cross. Jesus said, hey, you'll be with me in paradise. And, and there's repentance in those prayers, a lot of the examples that were given in Scripture. Right. Um, but God is going to answer them based on uh, his sovereign will of what he knows to be done. Whereas mm-hmm. as we've been adopted into the family of God, God still does things based on his sovereign will. But yep. he, you know, we get his ear a little bit more, and right. we see references of that in Scripture. So that would be my answer as far as it comes to the actual prayer piece of it. Yep. Um, it's a little bit more outside the context of this, if that yep. makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. I think it's it's important to, like you emphasized, that there is there is a context that is being spoken of within this passage, and the, what this man who was blind is alluding to, and is answering the question of, is is Jesus a sinner? And yeah. he's trying to clearly convey, no, right, <laughs> this man is not a sinner. This man is worth following. Do you want to be his disciples too? Like that's that's mm-hmm. the continual drive of his conversation. Is the Pharisees are like, okay, we know he's a sinner, mm-hmm. so tell us the truth. And the guy's like, he's just he's not. Yeah. So that's the context that's being addressed there. And then yeah, the connection to that outside of the context to prayer, like you said, is there's some connection piece that changes from when you are an unrepentant sinner to when you are a repentant saint when you're brought into the family of God there's some connection piece that looks different I would I don't know the proper terminology or the theology behind it but yeah. there's some difference between when you're outside the family and when you're inside the family it's not to say that we have like total influence over God and that as a Christian you can pray whatever you want and you change God's mind right. and now everyone's a billionaire everyone's got a brand new car everyone's debts paid off everyone's prayers are answered but there's just some connection piece that's different mm-hmm. when you're in versus when you're out. That's why scripture gives so many analogies that are um, husband and wife analogies right? and and, f- and parents to children analogies because they yeah. just play out so well to helping us understand yep. our relationship to God because of Jesus. Yep. You know, and because our relationship, he's God, he's sovereign, he's all of, he's every one of those things. But when we have Jesus, we get this intimate connection mm. and there's just not a more intimate connection, I think, in our existence than husband and wife and, and parent to child. Right. And we get that with God. Yeah. Like that is such an incredible, encouraging thing. And to speak a little bit more of uh, this, the context here uh, is the formerly blind man is speaking to the Pharisees. His argument is really like, you know, you're calling him a sinner 
But the fact that he can do these miracles shows that he's got an incredible connection with God. Mm. That's why he called him prophet. That's why he did all that. Yeah. So it's like his actions don't prove sinner. Like his actions prove he's got connection to God. And that's kind of the argument that he's trying to lay forth yeah. here. Yeah, love that. That's cool. Good connection. All right. Uh, this next one has a question and a long story. Yeah. So I'm just going to dive in and read this and uh, bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who submitted this. I wish I did because this is a cool story. Yeah, it is. Um, so the the comment slash question came in. Sometimes I think it's easy to identify God on the move in the big moments compared to the day-to-day. I was wondering if you have any tips in how we can identify God on the move in smaller moments day-to-day. So we'll get to that, but I want to share their story. Uh, also, can we have God is on the move sightings on the podcast every week or every other week where someone just shares a story? Um and I will just pause and say here, if you want to submit those, that'd be great. Well, we have a way. I would love that. We have that share How do you your do story that? stuff. How do you what? do that, Jake? Uh, we've got it. And you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong because I handed this project over to you. <laughs> yeah, I can answer time. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but on the app, there is a yes. share your story. Is it share your story button, right? Yep. Um, and it's a real simple form. We just get like your name and email, I think, is all that's connected to it. And then yeah. you can put a video on there of actually sharing your story of how God is moving in your life. And yep. and we pushed these uh, about a year or so ago. Yeah, we had a big push last summer. Yeah. The fall. It was a real big thing. And we haven't quite pushed it as hard lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it is this incredible tool to just be able to share, hey, this is how God is working in my life. Because once again, story is powerful. Yes. And so even recognizing, and I know it's a li- it feels a little weird because you're like, what, am I just going to like talk to a camera? And who yeah. really wants to? hear this or whatever but uh it it makes a huge difference every single story i've heard or like seen shared like it has had some sort of traction to it that it's made a difference in somebody's life it's been an Mm -hmm. encouragement and god has used it in incredible ways so uh, if you've got a a big story or even a a small story as we're going to dive into here in a little bit like man share those because this is a great resource to be able to do we get access to it uh mark will help make you look pretty on there because he's good at that kind of stuff um and we'd get your permission before doing anything with it on there Um, but it's an incredible thing to just be able to share your story with people yeah yep so that's on the app Um, that's the easiest way to do it and if you are super super camera shy i would my encouragement would be to try to push through that because video is so powerful it communicates so well but if you're like no i will not do a video you can submit a written story as well um so you can do that either through that share your story or if you want you can just submit a question and i'll find a way to share the story there will be some way that we will help help share that story because story is powerful um so yes we can do that regularly yeah (laughs) by if you want to submit stuff that would be great um and we uh we'll try to keep that top of mind and and share stories as well Uh, but i want to dive back in here where did i leave off um Uh, So this person volunteers to go first, which is great. So thank you for volunteering to go first and share your story. Um, Here we go. Recently, my neighbor has struggled with mental health. Uh, She wanted a garden, but gets easily overwhelmed. She often gives up before she gets started due to her own mental health. She wants to help be self-sustainable for her family. She has three kids with one on the way. So my family has come alongside to help her accomplish this and be an encouragement. My husband and I helped out by reaching out to other farmers in the community to get this underway. One farmer disked up all of uh, all of that area for them. Um, another came and got it tilled, uh, and in the process was able to help this mom um, uh, to help another mom get brought into the mix. This mom hadn't been able to get a garden started due to her um, situations going on with that. So now they have this community garden between three families, uh, and they're praying that God can continue to work through their family to show. 
that God, um, that through God, anything's possible. Even when we feel discouraged, God makes a way. Sometimes God is on the move and in the simplest ways, even like networking with neighbors to get things accomplished. Um, thanks for all you do. Love these podcasts. They're encouragement to me. Thank you for submitting that story. And that, yeah. like, that is that example of what does it look like for Jesus to move in the big and small ways is Jesus moves in everything. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that we were talking about. Like even in the small ways we were talking before the podcast, like even the ability to fill up your gas tank is a blessing from God. Especially with prices now. Especially with the way things are going now. Even the ability to drive to work safely, to, to have work, the ability to have a family, to have friends. Like (laughs) when we just are, thankful and have gratitude for everything in life that is jesus moving and that is a remedy i think it's in ephesians where paul talks about like if you want to have a remedy for sin in your life it's not the absence of sin it's the presence of gratitude like having the understanding and the gratitude of what god has given you in your salvation in your relationship with christ and then below that in everything around you the ability to have work the ability to have family the ability to have friends the ability to be able to share what jesus is doing in your life like all of those things are jesus moving and i think we tend to think well i'm only going to share like it's not worth sharing the small moments because that's like i want to be thankful for the big moments in my life like god helped me pay off all my debt in two days or god gave me a new car or god gave me a new job and those are amazing things yeah but that's not all god does right yeah, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday with the idea of uh, who gets the credit, mm. you know, like uh, of all these moments. And I think when you recognize that Jesus is in every single aspect of our life, whether he's using uh, amazing neighbors who are coming alongside to, yeah. to fulfill a wish and a dream uh, for somebody that can help sustain their family better, uh, or whether it's just small stuff, like you said, with with gas tanks and just getting gas or whatever it may be, to recognizing that, man, Jesus is He's in that. Like yeah. he, he's provided ways. He's doing all of these things. He uses opportunities, and he uses other people, and he uses uh, sometimes things that just feel like random chance yeah. to work out his will and his way of doing things in the world. But when we recognize that, man, God loves us, and He's providing for us, and He's taking care of us in all of these manners and all of these ways, and He's given us skills and opportunities and yep. knowledge, and He's given other people skills and opportunities and knowledge to be able to pour into that. We see Jesus moving in that when we just stop back and we recognize that all good things come from God, mm. and that just allows us to celebrate it uh, even more. So it really just comes with the mindset of who gets the credit when these things happen. Yeah, yeah I think the the easiest way for me to ha- have my mindset shift on that has been to, like, there was a time where I would intentionally write down just 10 things that I'm thankful for. Yeah. And then at first, that's like, oh, gosh, it's so hard. Ten things is like, okay, I'm thankful for my job and my family and my wife and my, like. And then when you get down to, like, okay, take that ten and turn it into a list of 20 things or 30 things. And you start thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, it's just amazing all of the things that God has provided for me. Mm-hmm. And having that be your mindset of I'm thankful for that because I don't deserve it. Like, yeah. if I were to get what I deserve, my life looks very differently. Yeah. Um, but because God is good, because God is gracious and merciful, I have an amazing wife and an amazing daughter and two stupid dogs that I love to death <laughs> and a great job and a great church and mm-hmm. all of these things. And even in the small things, like I get to have chai tea every morning. I love chai tea. And that's <laughs> like, I'm so thankful to be able to have chai tea. Um, but that's a blessing to be able to have even things like that. Um, and having that that gratitude mindset even goes further to the point where when things are taken away i'm still thankful because i'm grateful for god 
like if all else is taken away, I still have my relationship with God. And that's ultimately where my gratitude is directed so that when things come and go in my life, God's still working. Um, like the, I think the, the phrase you used in the message was Jesus is working in your life in ways you aren't even aware of. Um, and that can be by removing things. Yeah. That can be by adding things. Um, and so Jesus isn't just working in the job promotions and in the marriages and in the really cool and exciting things. He's working in the hurt and in the pain um, and the promise that he's there through that and hurts through that with us. Um, that's even something to be thankful for. Yeah, it's so encouraging to know that God is just is not only a part of our life in the highs and lows. Mm-hmm but he's just right there on the planes as well. Yeah. That he's just walking with us through every single moment, every single step. It's not yeah. just all the big things that we get to celebrate or the moments of tragedy or loss or heartache, Yeah, but he's there in the everyday as well. And, and I think, you know, if you want to get in a habit of being thankful for the small stuff, uh, pray with kids. Yeah. Because, man, their <laughs> prayers are so much fun. I was walking out. Uh, we, we've been doing um, grace-based discipline. Uh, that mm. uh, group there with yep. um, a bunch of other parents, and we were walking out on a Thursday night, and our daughter has been with us in childcare every single one, mm. and we're walking out of the building, and she looks up in the sky, and she sees you know miles and miles away the tail of a plane, you mm. know, little, like cloud yep. that yep. leaves behind, cloud trail, and she goes, ah, oh, thank you Jesus for bringing the plane back so I could see it today, just like last week, <laughs> and my wife and I just kind of looked at each other like what in the world? <laughs> like I had no idea, no context or yeah. whatever, but like she found joy in that small moment and could just thank God for it. And it was like, yeah. man, that's a heart that I want that I'm just thanking God for just something beautiful that I got to see yeah. on a day. Like that's incredible. And her little mind just gets it. Her little prayer life just gets it all the time. And yeah. she'll pray for things that are just in the room that she just cares. She really liked that book. So thanks Jesus for the book. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't ever think of that. Like, that's right. that's amazing. So you want to learn how to be thankful for the small stuff. Pray with kids. Yeah, that's Pray great. Kids. That's great. All right, last question comes from Dan Ermitlou. And I don't know <laughs> Dan submitted the proper way to pronounce his last name. I don't know if that's from last week or the week before where I maybe messed it up or had trouble pronouncing it. But it sent me into a spiral, Dan, where I was like, oh, my gosh, have I always been pronouncing Dan's name wrong? I hope Dan just calls you Mark Aitkins from now on. <laughs> well, now I'm just going to intentionally pronounce it wrong. So Dan Ermitlou <laughs> submitted a question comment. Uh, Jake, you said that the best way to share Jesus with people in your life is just by telling your story. How is this different than, say, a Hindu or an atheist telling their story? Aren't there lots of unbelievers who would have their own stories to offer and their own explanations of those stories apart from Jesus? Are there not a vast multitude of people leaving Christianity who have their own deconstruction stories? I added deconstruction because that's that's what Dan's alluding to. Uh, to tell about the freedom of disconnecting from objective truth, following their hearts, shedding the oppressive shackles of religion. How can telling our story be effective with people if Christianity and its objective claims about reality can easily be written off as nothing more than harmless delusion? Couldn't many people say, well, that's great if it works for you, but my insert faith here is really working for me which is a great question dan oh good and i know dan knows the answer because dan is very passionate about apologetics and all this stuff and so dan wants us to talk about it so thank you dan for sending a great question for us to wrestle with yeah how do we if we're just telling our story but everyone else has their story yeah what's 
What's different? Oh, man. My truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. Right, Mark? Isn't that the... That's what they say. The thing that they say. Yeah. Um, so I think that realistically, it all it all begins with telling your story is the difference of experience versus absolute truth yeah. on some of those stuff. And I would not advocate and say that the only part of ever telling somebody about Jesus is going to be your story. Yeah. Um, really, I think it's the launching point. I think for most of us, we don't know how to start the conversation. And I think your story is the most powerful way to start the conversation Yeah. Uh, because your experience is your experience and your experience cannot be refuted from being your experience now your experience may not be absolute truth right right like there is a difference in that in fact we've got the gospel gives us four different experiences of a true event to help us better understand that event right um and that event being the life of jesus um we also have entire court cases um johnny depp amber heard um (laughs) where there are two different experiences and they are in a trial night right now to find out what the truth may actually be right um so experience and truth are two very different things um they are they can be connected they can be together overlap they can overlap but they're not exclusively can be used uh, interchangeably as far as terminology, um, because my experience, uh, could be different from the truth. Right. It is just my perception. Um, so those are important things to recognize as we talk about what is story right. um, and how to properly use story as well. So, um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I would advocate for is, you know, Hey, how can we use our story if our story is different and all those other things? It's a launching point because at some point right. in time as I'm talking with somebody who has a different experience than I do, and I'm telling you about what Jesus means in my life and they're going to say, yeah, but I don't buy that because of this, this, and this, you know, where now what I believe is, uh, this, this, and this, I believe in Buddhism. I believe in Hinduism. I believe in Muslim. I believe in whatever else. Right. There is going to be at some point in time as we're having conversations, because my follow up is going to be, Oh, Hey, tell me more about that. Why do you think that? Right. Right. And then we're going to get into points where we're going to recognize that, uh, my faith and my understanding is different than yours. And in fact, they're kind of right. colliding in a few right. parts. Like, Oh, who is God? Oh man. Like right. we think differently on that. Then we're going to dive in together and have a discussion about truth, yep. not necessarily experience. Um, in fact, as you get to those points where there are differences in opinion or experience, if the argument argument continues to be about uh, experience, right. well, you're just kind of talking in the wind a little bit there. Right. At some point in time, you have to be able to say, yes, but how do we know this is true? How do we? Right. Why is it that you're putting it, your faith in that? What are the things outside of your experience that matters? And to me, that's actually where Christianity gets stronger Right. Outside of story. Right. Story is a great launching point, but if story is all you ever have in those conversations, um, it, it can fall into a straw man argument. Yep. But there's so much truth to it. And like we can we can dive into that. We can find that and right. it, it'll build your faith up even more. Um, and it's great to be able to have those conversations in love. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're not trying to just beat people down uh, right. by any means. That's not going to be helpful. Right. Um, but being able to have the conversation of, hey, let me tell you my story. It sparks conversation. And then eventually we're going to get to discussing truth as we continue to talk about yep. that. Yeah. I think um, in terms of, of, of resources for people, if this is if this is something that you recognize in your conversations where it's like, Hey, yeah, I've been sharing my story and everyone just kind of like says like, well, yeah, you know, I'm like, I got my own thing. And, um, in terms of resources for people, I would point out Dan, Dan's a great resource yeah. for questions like this. So yeah. Dan submitted the question and I would point people back to Dan for answers. Like you're putting it right back in his face. Like, ha ha ha, Dan, now you answer. Take that Dan ear met Lou. <laughs> um, but Dan is like, like Dan is someone that, I would go to with apologetics questions, yeah. where, with the questions on like, hey, how do we know that Jesus is 
the truth, like the way, the truth, and the life? What's the difference between Christianity and all these other religions? Like, how can we have these really good claims? Like, Dan is someone that has invested a lot of time and resources into that, and I would trust to answer those questions. So, go back to Dan for questions. Um, next week, the message is dealing with stumbling, something similar to this, where it's it's it goes beyond, like you said, story is the starting point, but eventually questions come up where people start to doubt the goodness of God, or why would you follow God if these things happen, or or difficult questions that come up as we talk about Jesus. And so how, what truths can we fall back on to answer questions like that? So that'll be the message next week where we're talking about that. Um, and I would go to, like, we through North Point have access to Right Now Media, which yeah. has lots of great video resources that I'm sure Dan would recommend as well um, that dive into questions like this where it comes down to, you know, how do how do we walk through conversation in a loving way, not trying to beat people over the head with, well, I just believe the Bible. The Bible says it's true. You have to believe it or you're going to hell. Like, right. There's a really thoughtful and engaging way to have these conversations if you're coming up against that obstacle of, well, I, you know, I already believe in something else, so I don't need to believe in that. Um, but yeah, I think what you pointed out is a, is a great landing point for at least where we are today of um, your story is a starting point. Your story can also be a landing point too. Yeah. And you can, can come back and connect to yeah. that. But eventually, as you engage in conversation and someone brings up their story you can show interest <laughs> and hopefully they can also show interest right. and you both kind of trade questions back and forth of oh you see jesus working your life tell me about this oh you you say that you your buddhist faith is working your life tell me how that works tell me how you see that because eventually there will come not a conflict but there will be a very large disagreement in how yeah. those faith systems operate um, and that's where we can rely on the truth of scripture. I mean, that's kind of like the secret behind the curtain is that you know your story is actually true. Right. Um, you are actually equipped with the truth of who Jesus is, the truth of salvation through Jesus, of Jesus being the one true king, of being Lord over everything. Like that is true, and you know that. And so you can enter into those conversations with confidence, knowing that it's okay to engage and ask about someone else's faith because you know you have the truth. And you, gosh, you want them to have the truth. So why wouldn't you engage in that conversation? Yeah. And what's interesting is, as you engage in those conversations, there is a fear, almost like, I'm not going to have the answer. Right. And they ask me a question, I'm not going to know. It's perfectly fine to say, you know what? I don't know that. Mm -hmm. That actually doesn't mean that your entire belief in Jesus is going to fall apart. Right. right? It's just, you're not built on a Jenga tower. Right. Your faith is not built on a Jenga tower when it's built on scripture. Mm. It just means you haven't found the answer yet. Mm hmm. And there is probably a really good answer out there and resources that are out there to be able to find that, yep. um, to be able to help out with that. So my encouragement would be uh, don't avoid the questions. Just go find the answers. Like, yep. it is out there, you know, and it's an interesting thing as we're talking about story, and really a lot of this is apologetics mm -hmm. as the thing. Um, and you can't, it's almost like effectively having a conversation with somebody about Jesus. You can't have just one or the other. Mm. At some point in time, you're going to need both. Mm -hmm. How has Jesus affected my life, and how do I know this to be true? You know, like any good conversation of sharing Jesus with somebody is going to intertwine the two of them, and you're going to kind of go back and forth between the both of them a little bit more. Yep. Because if you just use one or you just use the other, um, it's almost like you're just missing out on, yep. on half of the equation there. Yep. You know, and you really need both to be able to help somebody understand. Um, so there is a part as we grow in our faith and we grow in our understanding, it's important. Like, don't just fully rely on your story. Go learn more about Jesus. Go learn right. more about Scripture. Don't just sit back. Like, the Bible talks about that. Um, of like, you know, what is it, the, the milk-to-meat analogy right. that's yeah. given, you yeah. know, and later on in Scripture. Uh, was that Paul who wrote that? I think so. Yeah, and it talks about, like, 
you know, you can't just stay uh, as an infant child just drinking milk all the time. You got to grow and you got to start eating fruits and vegetables and meat and grow in your faith and get stronger right. and those kinds of things. So just don't stay an infant Christian all the time. Now, our journeys are all over the place in our right. life and where we're going to be growing closer to Jesus. Right. Uh, but if we willingly just say, nope, I'm good. I'm just going to leave it there yeah. on what I know. Like, that's not what God wants for you either. Yeah. He, he wants you to dive in more. He wants that because there's some growth in that relationship yep. and your ability to share him with others. Yep. That's That's powerful. Yeah. And I think I think having the boldness to have a conversation with someone and to land in a place of, I don't know the answer to that, mm-hmm. will strengthen that relationship. Yeah. Because if yeah. that person is engaging in conversation with you, my guess is they have engaged in conversations previously mm-hmm. where the person knew all the answers mm-hmm. and just fired back rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they're expecting from Christians is to just be like, oh, you don't believe in Jesus? Here's this thing and here's this thing and this thing and this thing. And, and you just have these list of facts that come out. And so to have that genuine conversation with someone where they, they posit something and they say like, hey, what do you think about this? And you're like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm going to look into that yeah, because I care about this conversation that we have. I care about the relationship that we have. So give me time. Give me a week or a month. I'm going to dig into that. I want to find the answer for that because this connection, this relationship that we have matters. Mm -hmm. That will go a long way than to just devolve into the the conversations that people expect from the church, which is just the bashing of the Bible or bashing with the Bible of, hey, this is true whether I can explain it or not. Yeah. that goes a long way for relationships. That was a hard mentality for me um, a while ago to try and get past because it was like I felt like I had to be so prepared. Mm-hmm. I had to have those things because this was my only opportunity to share Jesus with this person. Right. Right. And it you was like, it. oh, it's gone. Right. And that's on me if that happens kind of thing. And it was like, man, I, I took me a while to realize the importance of relationship mm. um, and caring for somebody because... Uh, like investing in that and recognizing it's okay if it takes time because God loves this person more than I do and yeah. is investing in their life. The yep. spirit is moving in their life. It's really not on me. It's on the spirit of God who's a whole lot better than me yeah. to be able to do. And so the ability to not have the answers, the ability to engage in the conversation, knowing they're going to ask tough questions, knowing yep. I'm not going to have the answers, yep. but I can have multiple conversations. It's not all on one talk. Yep. Like, man, that was freeing to me. Mm-hmm. That was freeing to me and changed uh, how I talked to people about Jesus and changed my relationships and changed a lot Yeah, and just let me breathe. So yeah. like that was really helpful for me. Good. Yeah, that's great. That's all the questions we have. All right. Jake, is there anything you want to leave people with when it comes to stories? No, just uh, tell a story, you know, tell your story, get, get yeah. in the practice of it. You know, that was what I talked about at the end there. It's easy to talk about. Um, things that we are passionate about. You know, right. I could talk about good coffee all the time. I love good coffee, love good coffee shops and trying different things. Yeah. Um, I love sports. I can talk sports even if they're not my teams because yep. it just matters to me. Um, the more that I, I talk about Jesus, the easier it just becomes. So like, just take that first step and start having those conversations. And if you look stupid or feel stupid afterwards, it's not the first time in your life you've looked or felt <laughs> stupid. I can guarantee it, but it gets better. It gets easier. Just try, just try it. Like that yep. would be it. Just try it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thanks for submitting questions. Um, thanks for sharing stories and, and getting this process started for everyone. I encourage you guys to keep doing that. And uh, yeah, if, if, if this last question kind of piqued your interest, um, stick around for this coming Sunday. We'll, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. As we wrap up the whole Who Carry series and, uh, and dive into some truth, which would be good. So thanks for your time. Thanks for spending questions. We'll see you next week.